Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me, I have the crew comprised of these fine gentlemen around me. To my left, we have my boy Dominique, a.k.a. Cousin Damo. He is the host of the Raw Sex Podcast. You can hear it on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also catch that usually on Wednesday nights when they release the Raw Sex Podcast. That's with himself and Tony Wolf, and of course, yours truly. To my right, we have my boy D.T. Dave. He is the host of the Ground Rule Double podcast on Facebook Live. You can catch him on most Fridays and Monday evenings, usually somewhere around 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern. Just make sure you check. And now there is a new Facebook page for the Ground Rule Double podcast. Make sure you go check it out on Facebook and also make sure you like the page as well. And in front of me to my 12 o'clock, we have my boy Jay, J.O., He is a hip-hop connoisseur from everything from East Coast, West Coast, Down South, and everything in between. Gentlemen, always like to thank you for coming through to share your perspective with us. And as always on The Vault Podcast, we take you back in time to review the classics. We review albums that are at their 20, 25, and 30th anniversary after their releases to see if they still stand the test of time. And today, we have a classic, a landmark album in hip-hop history released by none other than herself, the Queen, Queen Latifah, with All Hail the Queen, released 30 years ago. Uh. All Hail the Queen, released on November 28th, 1989, under Tommy Boy Records, one of her two albums released on Tommy Boy Records. It was her debut album, peaked at number six on the Billboard charts. This was, of course, her landmark debut album, had its famous single with, of course, Moni Love, called Ladies First. Some of the things and the accolades this album had, it was selected as one of the Source's 100 Best Rap Albums, also was featured on Robert Demery's 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. And in 2008, the single Ladies First was ranked number 35 on VH1's 100 Greatest Songs of Hip Hop. So November 28, 1989, for All Hail the Queen, producers on this album, the majority of the work done by DJ Mark, the 45 King, also work by Louis Vega and also KRS-One, Daddy-O, and Prince Paul. A lot of work here done by DJ Mark the 45 King on this album. Initial track listing of 12 tracks on the CD version. There's three bonus tracks of three remixes for Dance With Me, Wrath of the Madness, Princess of the Posse. So a very short and truncated track listing that we have for this album, but 12 tracks here, of course, of a pretty solid album in my in my respect, even after 30 years ago. I kind of feel like sometimes when you deal with a lot of those mid to late 80s albums, that some of them, to me, I feel as though don't age as well. We dealt with this a little while ago when we listened to De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising. While that does have some cultural significance and it is important in hip-hop history, the majority of us, I feel as though it didn't age as well as we thought it would 30 years afterwards. It's still an important album, but didn't age as well. So with this, the All Hail the Queen with Queen Latifah, this is her debut album. When you talk about Queen Latifah, you know her work, and it's not just as an artist, but also as a producer. She started 
her entertainment group, which included, included a record label and also a film production company, Flavor Unit, which she started with her cousin, Shaquem Comprere. Also star of the 90s classic sitcom Living Single. Plenty of fu- movies and also other shows as well. And also a Broadway star and also star of many of many series. She has done many things throughout her career and has served herself well as a pioneer, really, in hip-hop as a female MC, fellas. So we'll get into this album now and start to think about some of the things of what you all thought about about listening to it and what you thought about All Hail the Queen. So I'll go ahead and I'll actually start with Damo and get your reaction of listening to the album, what you thought about it upon first listening to it, listening to it now, what you think about it, and your, your takeaways from it after listening to it this week. Actually, I never heard it before this week. You know, 89, I'm a baby. Seat Pleasant <laughs> Elementary. So, of course, I ain't listening to the Queen. I knew Ladies First because my mother always played it and jammed to it in the house. Old school word, jam. <laughs> but uh, I listened to it this week, and I was, like I told him, I said, I came in thinking it was going to be classic for its time. I listened to it all the way through. I was like, okay, you got me. I see why you a classic album, a number 35 song on on there, I can see it. It's a yeah. good album to me. Jay, your reactions, your initial reaction upon listening to it, and then upon reviewing it after all these years, what you thought upon listening to it this week? Okay, so I mean, '89. I'm on, I mean, I wouldn't say I was a baby, but I was like what, third grade or something like that. So just learning cursive, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, of course, like you know, I heard the song "Ladies First and knew she had done stuff like Native Tongues and everything like that, but you know, it really wasn't in the mind frame to really grasp the concept. I was starting to understand like black empowerment and everything like that, but still was kind of a baby in that mind frame, but had to go back and listen to her recently. And it just makes me appreciate it much more as far as the subject matter she's talking about. And the fact like, you know, where she was as a female MC, not even so much compared to now, but like even throughout the nineties, I mean, when it was kind of like few and far between with female MCs and even with those, you know, they kind of were compromising their, know their integrity as far as like you know getting on them having record sales and fame and everything like that you know she stayed true to herself as far as like being militant and conscious but at the same time brought a feminine energy to it the way she could hold her own with guys you know it, it was kind of like you know either one extreme or the next you know they was either all sexualized or they were like borderline acting like dudes you know what i'm saying so yeah so for her to fit in where she did it was just like really <laughs> important to make this album that much more of a landmark so really being thankful about how we got to grow up listening to this. I mean, just solidifies her place to me. Yeah, definitely. You think about the where she came from being after listening to the many, the the original Roxanne and the other versions of Roxanne, the Battle of the Roxanne's in the mid, mid-80s, heading into the late 80s. Her and MC Light sort of did something that never really had been done before. I mean, Roxanne Chate got her got her props as an as, as MC during her time. Right. But I think really what, what Latifah did with MC, where her and MC Light sort of put them into the forefront, like, all right, man, you guys can step on tracks with guys and hold mm-hmm. your own. Mm-hmm. And it was important, though, with the Native Tongues movement, with her, Moni Love, along with the Jungle Brothers, De La Soul, and the Tribe Called Quest, about how important that movement was as it moved into the late 80s. It's almost like when you talk about like the comment song about uh, I Used to Love Her, when mm-hmm. he talked about how, the, the, how hip-hop went into its transitions, how they went into Afrocentricity and started talking about black empowerment right. and black love and everything else. And she was a part of that. And it was really, really important, though, a really important po- point in hip-hop. Dave, I'll ask you the same. I guess your impressions upon listening to the album, listening to this week, what you thought about it after all these years. Uh, I have a confession. I didn't really get a chance to listen to it all the way through. I got to Wrath of My Madness. Um, 
and I didn't really have to go any further than that because I like I enjoyed that track right there, and that was a remix. Mm. Um, of course, like Damo said, <coughs> listening to Ladies First, that's a classic, and I like Dance for Me too. I like the first track; it's dope. Yeah. Um, but like I said, we all like me and you, you know, me and Brian, and, and you know, like eighty nine was like we were seven years old. My mom wasn't spinning no Queen Latifah. Yeah, I had to learn on stuff when I got a little older, but from what I did here, I I definitely enjoyed what I heard, and um, it was just something about that collective of native tongues, you know, the Jungle JBs and Daylight and Tribe, you know, Moni Love. Nobody really knew who Moni Love was until right. Ladies First came out or uh, Buddy came out. Yeah, mm. you know, so it was good to hear like. Get her, get her some exposure, you know what I'm saying? But um, all hail the queen. Yeah. No, it, it was a good. To me, my perspective on this was props a lot to the production on here by not just uh, DJ Mark, the 45 King, who is prominently mentioned throughout this record, but then also definitely work by Louis Vega, also work also by KRS-One and Daddy-O, and Prince Paul did some work on this album as well. At this point, Prince Paul had just come off of producing De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising, doing great work on there. But I was very struck by the tone of a lot of the lyrics here and the things that she was saying. Um, very pointed, especially in particular. We'll get to this when we talk about tracks that you listen to. To me, The Pros was an interesting track to me with Daddy-O, how yeah. they were talking about some, all right, in hip-hop, you got amateurs and then there's pros. And they were sort of talking about the state of the game even back then, that there were people back then that they didn't think up to the level of MCing, which is really, really crazy because that was a big theme in the 80s. You had to bring it as an MC and have the respect of folks, man. And you could get mowed down at any particular point in time, man. Battling was really, really big back then. So, yeah, the good old days. They was ending careers back then. Oh, yeah. People's careers were being ended. You losing a battle back then, your career was over. Yeah. Drake would have been done back then. Yeah. Yes was hiring. Mimic. Ask a lot of the Juice crew. They could tell you that, you know. The Juice crew pretty much went to a battle with BDP and was almost immediately struck to irrelevancy for a number of different years after that. So looking at the track listing, 12 tracks and then three on the bonus CD bonus uh, afterwards, all remixes of everything else. We're going to go into basically your highlights of the album, any lowlights that you think you may had, and then also any tracks that you can appreciate more now that you wouldn't have appreciated back then. So we'll kind of go into all coming, you know, highlights, lowlights, and then tracks you could appreciate a little bit more now that you didn't back then. So I'll go ahead and I'll actually start with Dave. Dave, I know you spoke to about Wrath of My Madness. So just any other highlights from what you listened to and then basically any lowlights if there were any and then something that you may appreciate more that you didn't appreciate that then. Mama gave birth to the soul children. Yeah. I just I like the I just like mm. the vibe. You've got Queen batting lead off, then you've got Maceo, you've got True, and you've got uh Paz. Yeah, Paz. <laughs> like I can't I always forget his name. <laughs> Um, pause, Dave. He goes by so many different <laughs> nah, names. He's like so many names. Plug one. Like, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, she's batting lead off in the three of them, and then she closes it. That's like the perfect. That's how I think all guest tracks, or like you have somebody kind of collaborating. I think that's what it should be about. Have the guest in the middle, the middle of the track, do the second verse or whatever. Um, but that's a highlight. Like I said, ladies first and wrath of my madness. Pretty dope. Yeah. Jay, your highlights, any lowlights, and then anything else that you know you appreciate more now than back then? I have to say, of course, Ladies First. I mean, that was just an incredible track, and 
with it, um, introducing Moni, well, introducing Moni Love, but giving her some more shine. But another thing with that is just fact, like you know, Moni Love is British, so who would have thought about you know a mm-hmm. British MC like even back then? I mean, you have some now like that come out, but back in the '80s, that was like it was barely heard of as somebody like you know coming hard outside of New York, mm-hmm. and for her to come outside hard outside it, it being in Jersey, and then someone British like, damn, you know, she really brought it. I have to say, um, Wrath of My Madness, because the track is incredible. And, of course, thinking from, like, a producer standpoint, that walk on by Isaac Hayes sample, I just loved it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, like, you know what I mean? So um, so I look at it in all aspects like that and the pros, because I just, honestly, Percy just love just the feeling of, like, a whack MC getting what's coming to him. I yeah. mean, just lights of my spirits. So, yeah, um, no, of course. <laughs> yeah, it was Moni Love when it came to... It was from the UK. It was her, it was Slick Rick and it was her. Right. Those are the only two, obviously, that jump out at you. And they were two very prominent figures during that particular point in time. You know, because who thinks about it at, at that time, thinking about any MCs from across the pond, outside of New York, but let alone the country, being able to be that prominently featured. So, yeah, it is. It's 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 cool. Um, and I love the fact, like you said, with the with the pros and I love that beat, how it was down tempo because mm-hmm. so much of the music back then we were just talking about that right. was up tempo. You got 95, 98, 100 BPM and the beats are just moving because of the way that the flows were back then. This was a lot slower. And I really like the way that the beat sort of just rolled for a little bit. Damo, same with you. Highlights, lowlights, anything that you appreciated then that you might appreciate more now? Well, I couldn't appreciate nothing then. (laughs) 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 But now, I love Latifah's Law. Of course, Ladies First. Evil That Men Do. I listened to Evil That Men Do a couple of times. I was like, oh, yeah, she getting her shit off on this one. I like Dance With Me, too. It was definitely those. And, of course, Evil That Men Do. I listened to that one a couple of times. That was one of, besides Ladies First, that I was rocking with. For me, I like dance with me. Um, I like to, for some reason, I like to come into my house because that had that sort of house feeling to it. And this is really when house was starting to make it, starting to make it, it was different. So let me say, it wasn't necessarily a highlight, but it was different. And the fact that, you know, house music was really starting to make its way into the mainstream in U.S. It was big in cities like Chicago and some places like New York. The house music was big in Baltimore. It was big back then too as well. Wrath of My Madness, Latifah's Law was a good one. The pros Really, really great play between her and Daddy O. Ladies first, and to really see her and Moni Love go back and forth on that yeah. with verses. It really was a great, really, really great interchange at that particular time. Evil That Men Do, which featured a very short, you know, appearance from KRS One. And I actually liked Inside Out Two, which was the very last track on the album, the uh Inside Out track that was there. The mama gave birth to the soul children, like Dave was saying, with De La. I think that title though, it it given meaning to so much more considering the fact that this is really the time where you had hip hop was really starting to make its movement into the soul, the soul part of hip hop, but really taking soul music and sampling soul records. And you had the group a la De La Soul being featured on this, hence the title being sort of a double entendre being featured on this and um, them being a part of the Native Tongues Collective. I loved it. I loved it. Loved everything about it. So those were really my highlights. Uh, I didn't really have a whole lot of low lights on here. Um, I think, though, that I definitely appreciate the pros a lot more now than I did back then because it really speaks to the culture of things back then, especially when you think about what female MCs and Latifah talked about that. Like she talked about this on Latifah on Latifah's Law and also on Ladies First about how guys would see a female MC and they were sort of underestimate her and, and think that she wouldn't be able to bring it on the track. And she definitely brought it. 
you know. So that's what I would definitely have to say then, as I definitely appreciated the pros a lot more between then and now. Looking at that and also switching now to we are at the point where we go to any quotables that you all had. So we have we're in the point we're at notable quotables and there were a lot of them here. So if anybody wants to go ahead and pull quotables, we'll go ahead and go around to see about any notable quotables. I'll start with uh, you, Dave, if you have any that in particular you wanted to point out. I'm going to go with Moni Love's verse <coughs> on Ladies First. Yo, praise me not for simply being what I am, born at L-O-N-D-O-N and sounding American. You dig where exactly where I'm coming from. You want righteous rhyming, I'm going to give you some to enable and aid yourself and get paid in the materials that has no meaning I wish to slay. Pay me every bit of your attention like mother, like daughter, I would also like to mention. I wish for you to bring me to bring me to the rhythm of which is now systematically given Desperately stressing, I'm the daughter of a sister who's mother of a brother who's the brother of another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus one more, all four, we have a job to do. We doing it. Much respect due to the mother who's the root of it. And next up is me, the M-O-N-I-E-L-O-V-E. And I'm first because I'm an L-I-D-I-E. Like I said, you know, it's Moni Love. No, You know, I was talking about Buddy earlier. Like, that was my introduction to her. But for her to come out with on... Latifah's verse is just like, man, just murdered, just straight murdered. Dig. Jay, any notable quotables on this one? I have to highlight this song, The Pros. Mm-hmm. Really could go with the whole song, but mm-hmm. and I started to highlight, um, you know, Daddy O's drink, but I just, I'm just looking at Queen Latifah's, um, her first, like, her first, I don't know if it was like eight or 16, but like she was like, I stepped to a basin party in Brooklyn. The brothers was looking as soon as I put a foot in. A female walked up to me and said, Latifah, bust a line. I don't think that you want the strength. Show me the time. I said, if you really want to do this, we could do this fine. Take six paces and begin to rhyme. As soon as attempted to make a sound, I ate, I ate her up with the verb, broke her down with the noun. <laughs> I hate, because I hate it when someone challenges with, challenges with me but cannot balance with me. I get annoyed when they can't go blow for blow. I get pissed when I hear the lyrics that a sucker, a sucker brings. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, <laughs> mm. so pretty much like, you know, I mean, I just had to highlight the fact that like, she just noted, like, I stepped to a party in Brooklyn, you know, because, like, Brooklyn's, like, has this, even back then, like, really had this reputation, like, hip-hop-wise and just being one of the more, more notorious boroughs in New York City. So to pretty much say, like, you know, I guess, like, the cassette attention of Brooklyn MCs, I mean, it just, it just made them, like, that much more dangerous, you know? Oh, yeah, I mean? so, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Damo, any notable quotables? Latifah's Law. Mm-hmm. BMWs and gold rope chains don't impress me or get you closer to the point you can undress me. Get skis, your nose will bleed. That's how they live life. People to feel the wrath of the giver of all life. Fire and desire make you get a little higher. When I grab the wire of the mic and get hype, I'm sorry you sound that because I roll like the homicide squad. You must be be broke and hoping that I'm soft, but I'm dope. Yeah. I was like, ooh. Yeah, she definitely brought it with some lines on here, man. My quotable is on the prose. Her second verse, you know, said, it's Latifah the queen, pioneer of the mainstream. I float just like a pro because it's the same thing. Suckers have to realize how foolish they sound, so button your lips are trying to, trying to be down. I caught you out there how many times? A lot of times because when it comes to mine, you know I got to rhyme. Stepping to the right, to the left. To the best place, well, I have to face a sucker like a poo butt, weak and soft, riding my bra strap, trying to get off, understand to know 
if you want to go, you better be ready to flow because I'm a pro. So we talked about this thing as far as like when you step into a party, if you were going to step in and there was a battle going on, you better be ready to bring it because there's a lot of witnesses there. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and that was was before social media. too. Yeah. So, So, but the word on the street, I even think back then was even worse because it was like, you know, if you go to a party and there's like, 20, 30 other party goers there and everybody's sitting around there. Then let's listen, those 30 people, each one of those folks are going to tell two to three people on average. And if you got somebody with the big mouth, they're going to go tell everybody. So then the word's going to sort of get out there that it's like, yo, man, such and such, yo, Latifah stepped in here, daddy, yo, came in here, yo, destroyed cuz or destroyed her, destroyed him. And at that point in time, your reputation could be shot. Or if you don't have any sort of comeback from there, man, that's pretty much it, you know? So how how in the world could you come back from that? So we talked about quotables. Um, I think one of, the, one of the big things that I like to look at when I look at old school albums like this is sort of look as far as, like, the culture, the competition. Now, she dropped this album right around the same time that MC Light was dropping Light as a Rock during 1989. Mm-hmm. And, you know, MC Light, with far in between, considered to be one of the best, not just female MCs, but best MCs, uh, period. And it was sort of like between her and MC Light and Latifah as far as, like, the best MCs of the old school MCs back then. It was kind of like, you know, you had people that liked her, people that liked MC Light. They were both definitely dope. And it was really great to hear them collaborate later on in their careers, especially on that I want to be down remix they had when you had them, yeah. them, and then yeah. also one of the other, one of the other dopest MCs that you heard, uh, Yo Yo, who was also on that as well from the West Coast. Very underrated, you know. She scares me. Like, yeah, uh, she underrated. does. She underrated. Yeah, nah. She d- d- props to the females, especially the early pioneers, because you know a lot of them stepped out to do their thing, and to me, they kind of set the table for a lot of the ones that will come later. You heard MCs like Rod Digger and. Lauren Hill eventually later, and you heard people eventually like Gene Gray and Jane Blaze, and you also started to see a lot of these, you know, female MCs, Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown, you started to see. Now, eventually what happens is you see her this in I Used to Love Her, as you saw that the female MCs started to definitely change as far as, like, the type of direction they were going in terms of, you know, they were a lot more raunchy, sexually they're a lot more explicit. They were, and another thing that I noticed about this album, they're, Unless I missed it, there weren't any curse words in this album. No, you no, know, it's not and then, one. you know, and so and back then, that's another thing that we sort of talk about, like during that particular time in hip hop, is that back then you didn't see a whole lot of, you know, curse words and explicit lyrics back then. And during that particular time, it was only like during this time in 1989, 88, 89, you started seeing N.W.A. really start to put make some really explicit lyrics. Two live crew. Yeah, two live crew, Ooh. of course, you know, <laughs> you started seeing explicit lyrics in hip hop. And it sort of changes that from when you get to that point and you start to get out of the Latifah and MC Light era, you start to get to Yo-Yo, then you get to Lil' Kim and Foxy Brown, and then even with with Rod Digger and Lauren Hill, you started to get actually, like, you know, explicit words in a lot of MCs, female MCs, and, and, and their, um, how, the, how the moods really changed after this period. So it was great to start off with, though. So we're at that point where we make our verdict after all this time to see where it finally stands and see if it does stand the test of time. So I'm going to go around the table like we always do when we close things out here is to find out, you know, does it stand the test of time? Is it borderline? Is it is it certified? Is it borderline or is it just in its time as far as being a classic? So I'll go ahead and I'll start with Damo since you were the first one that mentioned to it that you kind of underestimated this album. So you underestimated it going in. What do you think about it now? Hey, I thought it was bona fide. And, you know, like I said, I I went in with it thinking like, ah. 
you know, because of the last couple of old albums we heard, I was like, oh, them, them Jones was classic for his time. So I'm sure this young about to be. And I underestimated her skills mm. besides Ladies First, because that's the only thing I knew of from her back then, from being six years old, but certified. Indeed. Jay? Yeah. Um, I have to say a certified classic. Yeah. I mean, just it was just too much that went into this album for it to be seen as anything else, but in my opinion. I mean, like I said, female MCs making that, land, making that mark and the content of her lyrics, especially at that time, and how everything that was still resonating today. So, like I said, it's all around classic, in my opinion. Indeed. Jay? Classic. Yeah. Um, I think it's groundbreaking. Yeah. Especially for a female MC to come out where she was. And as you saw, this was just the beginning of her career. Right. So, you know, she just said, okay, you know what? This is going to be the standard bearer, and I'm going to come out here. I'm going to wreck this album. I'm going to wreck this record. And she just blew up, so. I consider this to be a classic. It's certified to me. And to me, it opened the door. This was just started, her music career started opening the door to everything else that she did. The fact that she became an executive producer and produced a, a sitcom that became classic in that 90s era of that Fox Thursday night, <laughs> that lineup on Thursday night with Martin and Living Single. Yeah. And, you know, she created the template basically that became Friends. Yeah, she sure did. Like somebody that. said, that living single is the potato salad, your grandma's potato salad, and friends is the potato salad with raisins in it. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Miss Auntie Potato Salad, who thinks it's better than your mom's. <laughs> I don't go put raisins in girlfriends. Nah, friend, nah, friends is the nah, potato salad with raisins in it. <laughs> I have never, I have never been a big fan of friends, and I mean, like friends? most most I, black people don't. Nah, yeah, man. real. Sorry. I'm not really a big fan of Friends, man. Sorry, most 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 people looking like us don't don't really rock with Friends. Yeah, I mean, just the fact. <laughs> I mean, I mean, how believe was it that they didn't come across no black folks in New York City? I mean, yeah, just saying. Yeah, they had. Uh, what is the girl's name? Well, um, Aisha Tyler. Aisha Tyler. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was like she was in like the last. She was like the last season. Uh, what, She's like the first black person introduced in a joint. I mean, would they finally make up like Harlem or something? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, they was living in Chelsea, man. They was living in the village, and you know that's what they were probably, you know, what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm say no behind that one. <laughs> but nah, man, it's it was great. And then now that the things she's doing, she's doing singing albums now. She was fe- featured as Bessie Smith and the Chicago. Money Sellers. She was in Chicago. She's taking this thing and she's made it just beyond just rap. She's not yeah. just a rap pioneer. And y'all forget, like, and y'all forget her. Y'all forget her as Cleo. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and even then, like, who, who could forget that? <laughs> right. No, nah, but even then, like, with the acting, I mean, even though, you know, she was pretty much on Living Single and doing movies, I mean, she was still, like, coming with some, like, heat during that time. Oh, yeah. Like, on um, New Jersey Drive Soundtrack, the Jersey Journey, that, that joint was bumping, like, it was a journal. I want to say it was on the um, Sunset Park soundtrack. Was the Elements? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's the fact she like, definitely dropped it. And that's not even to mention her 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 uh, collaboration with Rhapsody came mm-hmm. out yeah. early this year. Yeah. Yeah. Like she, she's still bringing it. It's, man. Ve- it's very rare to hear somebody outshine Rhapsody on a, on an actual track, but she did. Queen Queen did. Queen did. She definitely, definitely, definitely still doing her thing, man. She's still putting heaters out there, and she's still as relevant today as she was back was back then. So that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault. Please make sure you check us out on our host, Podbean, vaultcmr.podbean.com. You can also download, stream, and subscribe to The Vault CMR on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. 
We appreciate all the support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend. And make sure you tell that friend to tell a friend. Also, if you're interested in doing a podcast, if you live in the DMV area, make sure you check out IV Creative on Facebook and also on Instagram. You can get us on Instagram at I-V-E-C-R-E-8. You can also email us also at I-V-E-C-R-E-A at Gmail. Doesn't matter whether you're just getting started or you are looking to spice up your podcast and improve it a little bit. We work with everyone and would love to help you out with whatever it is you're looking to do with your podcast. As we leave, we always want to remind you to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you are never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.